Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome to this episode on early childhood education and its effects. This episode is a pretty neat one because I think many of my listeners have been anticipating this episode since I've covered topics such as schooling, learning abroad, and school counselors. So now I'm kind of sort of on the other end of the conversation where I'm the educator and am part of the system, the very system that I hated and wanted to change. So maybe I can do that being on the inside. And I have several bones to pick, which I will be doing with my guests here today. Chloe, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you doing? Um, You know, it's hectic (laughs) with this field, with the um, program, but I'm doing well, well as anyone can. And we're going to get into that, the nitty gritty of it all. I wanted you to just like brief me with like who you are, why are you, what are you? And aside from maybe the ECE stuff, because we will be getting into it. Yeah, so my name is Chloe. I'm uh, 25. I originally started my whole school journey in economics, actually, which is very funny. And then could never see myself sitting behind a desk and doing that sort of thing. Like, I am so interactive. I need people. I need contact. I need that constantly to give me life. I'm such a outgoing, enthusiastic person, total extrovert. For sure. So when I found, left school, found this route, and then, honestly, I just love kids, so that's why I do this. But lots of other things about me as well. I enjoy art and working out and simple things as well. But this is probably my favorite thing in my life is what I do every single day as a career. I love that. And I hope we can have a really open conversation about this without us losing our jobs or closing any opportunities in the future. Absolutely. I'm on the same page with you about shutting this system and like making broad change because there's now being in school versus being in the field, there's very, very different things that people don't get. and For sure. Especially the big corporate companies like I work for. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that you see which you wish you saw there, but you don't, unfortunately. Yeah. And it sucks that we have to wear so many hats where you don't even get the time to make the actual change that you went into this field for. Absolutely, absolutely. The hats of being a cook, being a cleaner, being this, being that. and The parents when the parents aren't here. Yep, half the time I feel like I'm not even an educator which is frustrating because I am an educator. That's what I want to do. <laughs> right. So let me ask you, how did the road to this career path come out to be? Was it thought out? Was it more spontaneous? Well, as I said, like, I went to school for economics originally and realized, oh my gosh, this is so not for me. So I moved home after my second year and was like, I had a really big talk with my parents. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't force myself to be in this field to do this I'm going to be miserable every day because it's not the type of person I am. I need to thrive off what I'm doing and enjoy it. Otherwise, I don't put my full self into things. So I had a big, long talk with my mom, who's a pediatric nurse, and we kind of came to the decision that, no, maybe we should look into this field. I've always been good with kids. I coached my entire life growing up. I did so many programs, uh, the Special Olympics through my swimming career. I coached competitive swimming as I got older, and I just saw I loved kids, and I knew that was a fact. So eventually kind of found this ECE role and then joined Niagara College, but then the college strike happened. Yes. So I decided to leave and join the workforce instead. And that's, I had a friend who set me up at Kids and Company, where I am still today at a different location though, because he had a friend there and this and that. So I got hired at 20 with zero experience in childcare because they can hire you with zero oh, yeah. experience. Which is ridiculous. Which is that's crazy. so insane. But still under the supervision and support of ECEs. So it is, I do love how this field gives people the opportunity, like me, who didn't have formal education in it, to see this is totally the path I want to do. And now getting the formal education, I need to succeed and go farther. 
Super cool how that came about. And I love the point that you mentioned that not only do you like love being around children, which is really important if you're going into this, Absolutely. but you love teaching them. I think the response I'm hearing from our classmates whenever our profs ask us on the first day, why, why ECE? Why mm-hmm. are you pursuing this? A lot of the time the answer is, oh, I have a younger brother. Oh, I babysat. At educators and early childhood educators is so much more than just being around children. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. so much more intricate. So it, I become scared for them because I'm thinking, what kind of educator are they going to become? Are they just going to be a supervisor then? Because that's not why we're investing, like the government is investing in this field. Yeah. Yep. Um, and how would you describe your relationship with school growing up? Were you a good student? Did you rebel? Fabulous student. <laughs> I loved school. I totally Amazing. enjoyed school. It was, I was like teacher's pet kind of vibes growing up. Me and my best friend were, I adored school and I had fabulous, fabulous teachers growing up, I must say. Things changed a little bit in grade 11, 12. Mm. And I think a big fact was that is I had to stop competitive swimming. And I'm such a big believer in sports and the discipline that it gives you because it really alters your entire life. It's an outlet, you need it. Absolutely, and I lost one of my biggest passions in my life, so everything else fell apart, and that's why I ended up going in economics because I think my options were limited in the end. Right. I wanted to be a massage therapist, actually, or a physiotherapist with all the help that I've needed with my body over the years, but ended up, I think, where I totally belong. So I I believe everything happens for a reason. So I'm in this path and I found this way for a reason and I'm here for a reason, not just to be like a lot of educators I do see. They're there, they go through the motions and they go home at the end of the day. There's a lot more that we need to do every single day because Mm -hmm. those first four years of anyone's life are the most crucial to set up the foundation of who they are as a person and how they will live their own life. The personality is developed by the age of five. Absolutely. So yeah, I agree with you. And I will also say that the reason why I asked you to be on the podcast and not anyone else, even though we don't talk that much and don't have any classes together is because I saw that in you. First day, first conversation, I was like this, she needs to be in this field. If she chooses to pursue something else, I don't, I won't let her because you are making that impact. Yeah. Um, I see that a lot yeah. with just educators in general is there's, I, I have this conversation a lot with my friends. There's people who do it because it's a two year college program and there's people who do it because they care. Mm-hmm. I'm in that I care. Yeah. I know I'm smart. I know I could do other things, but I choose to do this because I see the value and I see the importance in it. And that's honestly so selfless and I salute you for that. I get a lot of comments from my mom's friends. She's heard and she's told me, oh, she's just an ECE. And we need to stop that stigma around early. Like we're a career. We are are such a, we have a college. We we have a standard we have to uphold. We are, the people didn't realize, I think until COVID, how valuable we are because Mm -hmm. you can't go to work and continue your life without us. Exactly. (laughs) And like all these like, jobs that are like respectable jobs quote unquote doctors lawyers they're not getting there without the establishment of the ECEs absolutely so like tell me where, where why the disrespect I I totally agree they wouldn't be the people they are without going through us exactly to, to get to where they are now to, today I can't get that through their head um I want just tell me a little bit about the importance of an ECE and why you, specifically you, not why maybe the program has told mm-hmm. you or outside sources, why do you think ECEs and daycare, childcare are unnecessary? Well, 
A big part of it, and I, I see this on a day-to-day -day basis at work and in my life as an educator, we're not just there to educate math and language and this and that. We are teaching them so much about feelings and emotions. And I have this one particular child. He is so anxious all the time. And every drop-off was a nightmare. Everything was crying and tears and this and that. And it took me two minutes to realize what was going on. The parents have been asking for months, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on. I had one simple conversation about, I see this child who they, for who they really are, their sensitive side, they're brilliant. They really have so much emotion for their age. It's truly beautiful, but their parents wouldn't recognize it. Mm. So he was having such hard days and I had one conversation and he said, slow things down, go to his level. Think of him as a person and not just a child that you need to drop off to get on with your day. Yep. Things completely changed, like completely changed for him. He comes in smiling, he comes in less anxious. His hands were in his mouth, freaking out every day. His body is more relaxed, his body language is happier now. And all those little things, we're not just educators for math and language and science. We teach these kids how to control their emotions and feelings and really believe in who they are and teach them that they're important, they're, they have value. That is so rewarding just to see that growth in a child. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Sometimes it's unbearing. It's like, when is the progress gonna come? But then when it hits, everything melts away, all the tension. It's like, absolutely. I'm doing something. It's this time of year is when I really see the impact of what I do because I've had the same group since September. So by G December, January, that four or five months, you really see them settling in, becoming themselves in that age where, especially as a preschool teacher, they start to talk and have a personality and have opinions yeah. and have this. And you're like, wow, this little human, I'm, I'm raising them 40 hours a week and really making an impact in their life. And it's crazy yeah. to see what you do every single day with these little guys. For sure. Um, there's a point that you brought up and that was, maybe, maybe I'll say it after I hear your response, and that is kind of like your challenges and obstacles you faced as an ECA, currently you're uh, the assistant, not because mm -hmm. we haven't graduated yet, yeah. uh, within this workforce, whether it be from the parent's side, whether it be from the government, the ministry, management, what challenge are you facing? Corporate management. Yeah. They are a bunch of oh, words I should not say. <laughs> it is, uh, I work for a company, and I don't mind saying this because I'm part of a union, so I can't lose my job. Oh. Um, they're crap. They're crap at what they do. It's a bunch of women who are lawyers and accountants and this and that, and they're all moms, but being a mom doesn't make you an educator. No. So they started this company because they saw a hole in the market. And first off, you, if, if you see a hole in the market, you know they're not coming from a good place. Not at all. They pay us crap. The expectations are ridiculous. We have no say in the curriculum and the being here at school and learning the ever-changing philosophies of childcare, with obviously we don't do theme-based, we do everything child-based, child-directed, everything's off them. They pick our themes two years in advance. Some of these kids aren't even born when we're picking the letter of the week. Oh my God. Which boggles my mind. So it's that corporate management of any time we try and do anything fun, they're like, no, you can't do it. 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 When we're trying to be innovative and creative and create phenomenal situations, phenomenal experiences for these children, and we're just being shut down constantly over and over. So they're pretty over. much telling you to do half of your, not like restricting you from doing half of your job, which is making these experiences and opportunities of development. Absolutely. 
they say they make, these people in corporate head office make $250,000, $300,000 a year in their beautiful cars, driving to work. All of us catch the bus, majority of us catch the bus, can't even afford to live. We're working our little butts off, working so hard for these kids every day, and we can't even create half these experiences. They refuse to get us new toys. Wow. My classroom, they t this is such a silly thing, but they took all the cars away. Right now I'm in a preschool room, 20 boys, four girls. They took our cars and motor vehicles away. Did they say why? Uh, they weren't up to their standard. So they replaced them with six cars. It took two months to get six cars. Wow. Three of them are broken because they fight mm -hmm. over the six. I have 24 children fighting over six cars. Yeah. How, how is that, how is that gonna work? It's, it's interesting because even the boss, the owner of my daycare, she's pursued business. So obviously she, any action she's gonna take towards her daycare is going to be from a business money standpoint not a parent better the community for the future uh, of these children mm -hmm. kind of perspective so I, I see that too and also the whole sorry I'm trying to recall it's the community it's, aspect though which yeah. is a big thing our company their new policy is we take corporate clients over community clients every single time and they call them clients which again incorrect word I believe yeah. in, in uh, child care they are they're children, we're educators, this is a schooling program. Mm -hmm. Yes, we look after them because some of them are little, but we educate, we're not, a, they're not our clientele. Yeah. And that really irks me as well. For sure. Um, some frustrations I have been having um, are, our, our thing is kind of like, what I mentioned earlier, like how we have to wear multiple hats. Yeah. And they, it's, it's ultimately, the courses that we're taking, they're telling us like self-care and like time management and like knowing yourself. And it's like, that's all f cute and fun. But all I hear when the prof is talking is that it's my fault. I don't have time management. It's my fault that I'm stressed out. It's my fault. I'm not able to plan the curriculum all because I have to do all this and a calendar for some reason on my off time. Mm -hmm. And they're, they made these courses in the ECE program to tell me to manage my time better. Yeah, when, and that's the thing, this program is unrealistic to real life. It's very much being in the field and being in the program. There are so many things that don't overlap, which I did the schooling, then I worked. Now I'm in school while I work mm -hmm. and I see the big difference. Yeah. A lot of it doesn't apply. and. Luckily, if you get out there and you have a good supervisor, good supporting staff, good teammates, you will have that support. You will make things work. You will find the time. Mm -hmm. It is busy and I say, I've not had time to program for two weeks, but my supervisor's there to back me up and help me out. My team partners are incredible and my teammates are incredible. And we, we call each other a team. Even though there's an ECE and two ECAs, we call each other a team and we all do the same amount of work and the same amount of effort. Even yeah. though one is the ECE, yeah. she has that, she carries the EpiPen, that's the only difference for us. Yeah, yeah. We program, we are equal, we see each other as equals, but not everywhere is like that. I'm very lucky and blessed to be in the center that I'm in. Mm -hmm. The company, I'm not, no. but the specific center with those women, I'm very, very blessed to be with them. And that is amazing and it's it's great that you have that and you recognize that you have something that many don't, but it, it shouldn't have to be the case that you have to be grateful. It shouldn't have to be the fourth daycare I've been on to find this. Oh my God with the same company. Wow. Yes, because of people who don't care, it's an easy job to get into, it's a minimum wage job, and 
you don't find a lot of people that care as much as I do. Mm -hmm. And I have a room partner that does. Yeah. So that's why I'm lucky to be where I am. And that's why I'm not leaving where I am right now. And I've been there for almost four years. Yeah. It's, it's rare that you find people that care as much as 100% we do about this industry. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to add real quick to, before I moved on to the next question about how you said that you have management that tell you you can't do a bunch of activities so or many activities right so it's interesting specific to our career where children and science has have been noticing development and youth information coming out where things have to be updated constantly my mom took this program a semester back and she's telling me she can't help me with the information because it's changed already yep. Yep. so it's hilarious to me when you told me that they don't let you do a bunch of things because the whole thing about child development is that it's constantly changing. It's ever changing. It's so socioeconomic. It's the, like our society affects it, our economic affects it, culture affects it, the way the world is changing. Like we are not the same as we were even 10 years ago, Canada. No. Like when I grew up in Oakville, I was surrounded by other white children, all white children. Mm -hmm. I'm in a daycare now. And it's phenomenal, the, the languages I hear when I walk in the morning, the different goodbyes, the different hellos, the different asking for kisses from mom and dad. And that is so, but we're not accommodating to that. We're not catching up no, to it. No, we're not. And that's the thing. We have to be able to catch up to this ever-changing society we're living in. And yeah. we're not catching up to it as fast as we and should. And we won't for a long time because for the longest time, the value that we've kind of ingrained into people's mind is like like the representation, mm -hmm. which isn't true representation. It's kind of like at the forefront, but deep down, if you go into management, like you mentioned, yep. it's all these white women, it's all like white men. And when you don't have the people at the top uh, to represent, truly represent, you, they also can't cater. Yep, absolutely. They don't have our experiences. Yeah. They, they've never been on the front line with us mm -hmm. in a classroom having to do 15 diapers and do a circle time and do this and do this and do this yeah. and do a lunch and cut an apple and have a conversation with sick kids at the same time while someone's peeing their pants over there and cut an apple <laughs> sorry but it's true it's it's these little things that they don't see that <laughs> they we're don't doing. see it and the worst part is that if you don't do it you get replaced if you do it they say oh they're managing fine we yeah. don't need to hire more people absolutely they just come in and it's that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Okay, bye. We're on to the next one. Yeah, time. where's the hello? My name is. <laughs> yeah, there's none of that. There's no, this could use improvement, but I see how well you guys are doing on this. Good work on this. Right, like in school, like two stars and a wish or something like that. We're, even though we're the adults in the room, we still need the praise like the children. Because like we don't stop becoming human. Absolutely, we still care. And that's the point that I want to come to later is how... Um, I'll brief it real quick. The government's putting a lot of energy and time into youth, but then that changes very quickly, and we're going to get into the details and discuss that later. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what is it about the North American values and perspective that causes the public to see the education field um, as less and not as respectful, respective careers? That's a big one. It's something about it in our culture and Canadian culture we're so not valued as, think teachers are on the sunshine list after working 20 years. I know educators who've been in the field working 20 years, making minimum wage, but making the same difference every single day. I understand teachers go to school longer than us. They go to school six years, we go to school two, but there is so much value in us and there's so many people and I've seen it with parents over the years. They see us as second rate babysitters. 
Oh, yeah. You are just someone to take my child for the day so I can get on with my life. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it needs to change. And also, uh, I have like a more nasty perspective is that you're lucky to even have this job. Yep. Yep. I get some of them saying that, but I just a lot of the time it's your, you're a second rate babysitter. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even ask your opinion on things. They, yeah, we're educated on how to do toilet training, how to, how to wean bottles away, how to work with soothers, how to work with temperaments and behavioral challenges and this and that. And I mean, I have so many things about inclusivity and my di- like, that's a whole other topic mm-hmm. for me. But there's just so many issues where these parents think that we are just a second rate babysitter and we are not. Yeah. And that's where that frustrates me so much. And they don't take our guidance and our skill. And even in this field, if you may not have gone to ed- like have the pro- like formal education, if you've been in this field for 30 years, experience is education as well. Mm-hmm. So being in that environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, similar to the conversation about h- women hitting the workforce and women being in more spaces to serve and provide to a larger demographic, which would be women like women. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, would you say that men need to start pursuing this field or it's not necessary? I have been saying this from the beginning. I totally believe this should not be a female dominated industry. The world is not female dominated. Unfortunately, it's male dominated. <laughs> but um, little kids benefit from both genders being around, from both, and not obviously there, we have so many genders now, but having that different different types of people, different types, we should have transgender teachers, we should have male teachers, we should have female teachers, we should have teachers of all walks of life so children see there are all walks of life. We shouldn't all look the same. Yeah, and like there's just a simple example of like when the dad walks in to pick up the children, all the kids start acting different because it's a different energy. It's like Absolutely. maybe their heights, these different aspects that maybe they relate to, maybe their dad looks like their dad. Um, so. I mean, I see why some people may not love having a male with the sensitivity. Of I had a male student in my class. So yeah. a lot of those issues were brought up. Yeah. He was phenomenal. He was so good with the kids getting on the carpet, interacting with them, playing them, asking the right questions, probing the right questions, making them question themselves yeah. in such a positive way. But we had so many parents who had issues about the bathroom yeah. and changing diapers and this and that and nap time and will they be alone with my child at nap time. And I understand this stigma around men being predators and women being caregivers, but not all men are predators. No. A lot of women are as well. Yeah. And people don't think that women are predators as well. Which is more scary than... Which is way more scary, yeah. I think, because they have that motherly figure exactly. and then a predator on top of it. I think we need to welcome men into this industry with open arms and they should be... I had a few boys in my class and it was very exciting to see men in the my class. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Hearing a different perspective and a different opinion that a lot of us women probably wouldn't have thought of. Right, for sure. So I think absolutely we need more men in the but workforce. But then a question comes to mind is that do you think that they're great at their job or do you think they're men and because when they do something like this, they are rewarded 10 times more than a woman is? No. No? No. I don't think so. I think they get a lot of backlash in this industry and they get a, a lot more backlash than we do from this. And when they are good at, at it, it's very special and hard to find. I've only met mm-hmm. two two men in this industry out of probably 15 that I was like, wow, you are meant to be here and you should not be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, earlier this academic year, we heard many levels of 
strikes from teachers or educators and protests. I don't know if you heard of them at all. Yep. So we didn't really get much progress on that. I tried to strike with my company and my yeah. union. Yep. What can we do to make an impact with this? It's so unfortunate because in like, say my, I was a part of the union, uh, union rep, met with all the meetings, met with the head of the company, tried to make some resolutions. Basically, they were like, if you guys strike, we're gonna replace you. But union. Yep, yep. And it's that we will be replaced. It happened in Toronto. My company, the Toronto branch of the union striked. And unfortunately, those women on the picket line were just replaced by a bunch of other women walking in because it's a minimum wage job and they can find people to do it. They don't, these big corporations don't care about if they're actually good educators or not. They just are full of garbage and you read their program statements and this and that, and it's all a lie. They say they're high quality. One of the first first things on a high quality daycare checklist is happy staff. Mm. Yes, which I don't think a lot of companies realize. No. It's one of the first things in a high quality daycare, or high quality childcare is happy staff. Because if your staff aren't happy, how can you educate children wow. properly and to the fullest? Amazing. I need someone to come in regularly. You know how you have the health safety checks? I yep. need someone to yep. ask the staff. Yep. Wow. Okay. A controversial one. It's a very good, it's the, <laughs> the whole, this is, this is going to take a long time to make change for us. Yeah. And, and even that whole, the government's very excited about, oh yes, look at us putting all this money into daycare and child cares and this and that. It's for the parents. Mm -hmm. None of it benefits us. No. Nothing benefits us. We are still getting paid awful wages. Like the highest paying job in Holton for an ECE, I think is like, if you're not on a school board, it's like $22 an hour. Yeah. That's not a livable That's wage nowadays. Nothing. It's nothing. Um, I love that you brought that up. Fortinos, um, you make more. Sorry, what was You make that? more at Fortinos with better benefits. Oh, benefits. Yep. I don't have benefits. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> Yikes. So I, lo I love that you brought that up because I wanted to talk money with you and what you think a fair hourly pay is. I mean, obviously we don't deserve what close to what teachers get, but at least somewhere half. May not even like three quarters of what they get because without the foundation of us, the kids getting to them would have temperament issues and this yeah, and that. Way and more chaotic. Way more chaotic. Like kindergarten is chaotic to begin with because the ever rising classroom ratios mm -hmm, and everything yeah, in yeah. elementary schools. Luckily, our ratios won't change, hopefully. Oh no, they'll change. <laughs> they eventually, <laughs> but right now they've stayed the same for quite a while. And that's the unfortunate thing. We are not we should at least just get a livable wage. Like we are setting up the future, like the foundation for the next generation. Mm -hmm. The first few years of their lives are so crucial. And like we get some kids at six months and we have them in our center until they're four. Yeah. Like they spend 40 hours a week with us. They go home, they're one hour with their parents and in bed. Sometimes we spend more time with yeah. these children than they do with their parents in the first four years of their life. Yeah. While their parents are trying to set up a foundation to set them up for life as well. Mm -hmm. And I understand it's hard for them, but why are we not being rewarded and encouraged with a fair pay yeah. to do so? If I say a number, you can like maybe agree, disagree, suggest it. Nothing less than $30 an hour. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. I know that may sound like, wow, that's demanding. No, think about 60 minutes, 60 minutes of whining. Um, complaining, not sure what they want. If they're infants, you don't know what they want. Oh. The diaper changing, they're sick, they're not feeling well, they're missing mom, they're going, one's going to sleep, one's coming out of the bed, the um, sleep room. And then uh, as you, the age goes up, then you have the different activities, different allergies, all these things, 60 minutes 
And if you give me anything less than $30, I just think that's abuse and slavery. And it's it's not just those parts mm-hmm. as well. We also do laundry. We also have to cook. We also have to clean. We also have to sanitize our toys. We have to prog- We have to do so many other roles mm-hmm. in a day that I, on my favorite saying, we say all the time, I feel like a, a chicken with my head cut off. I'm running around and I can't see where I'm going <laughs> and I'm just moving on from task to task to task yeah. and things can't get done. Our art cupboards, which is such a silly thing, but like our cupboards go awry, our shelves go awry and we have to wait for like something like a stomach flu to hit so we have low numbers so we can have time to clean yep. or have time to refresh our class. And it shouldn't have to be like that. We're begging for extra staff to, my company promotes, promotes inclusivity. We do not have training in a lot of special needs as ECEs. We work with typically neurodivergent children. Yeah. So I, in my group right now, I have a few kids that are not neurodivergent. So we do not have the skills or the training. We have been begging for a training course or someone who knows or what to do. someone to come in, yeah. All we got was maybe an extra set of hands if there's spare staff. Okay, but extra set of hands doesn't help with the specific needs of the child. So the yeah. child's not getting what they need, the educator's not getting what they need, and the rest of the, the children are, are not ignored. getting yeah. and are ignored as well. And it only happens on days when I'm not at school, they get the extra set of hands. Right, right. Because if I'm not there, that supply is me. Even today, like I noticed how they needed me. Like I felt bad for walking out. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'll come back if like that podcast is done. Yep. But um, yeah, it's bad. And I don't know. I have so many critiques, but I don't know. There's also like, I don't know if I can fully blame management either. Cause I know there's a manager or someone who owns their own private daycare pursuing ECE so she can know better. Yep. And it's, to say it's management's fault is also like not they're like the guy in the middle i think it's just the government it is the government has all the power and totally can if they it's not like they're not aware yep yep and it's it's that also the difference between a public and a private daycare looking Mm -hmm. at that when the government has so much control over the public daycares i've been in both a public daycare they have so many more rules and regulations and this and that and following this and that and this and that but i must say they have a lot more parent and community interaction. Exactly. They get that, hey, parents, can you bring in paper towel tubes so we can do a fun experiment? If we asked for that, we'd get in trouble. Yeah. Because it's corporate, corporate clients, money, corporate clients, money. Yeah. Corporate people, they get extra days, they get special treatment, they don't have to pay deposits, they don't get this, they don't get registration fees and yeah. like. Another thing about private is that it, as, if you're a labor, then you get a lot of your labor law rights taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And that goes from breaks, that goes from if you're spending extra hours because they need you because of ratio, you're not getting paid for that. From my experience, I can't say for all, but like I'm in a private daycare and I can't think of working in public just because of how much more demanding it is. Mm -hmm. Say we don't charge late fees at my company. Parents showing up late, like we close at six, not pick up at six. Yeah. So those staff, all of a sudden they notice that extra 15 minutes pay was being taken away from them. And I'm like, go fight for that right. If not, I will go to the union and I'll go to HR for you because I believe that you are here five minutes late. But if we have no late fee, there's no incentive Mm -hmm. to get parents to actually pick their kids up on time because having no late fees looks great on the program statement and parents like, oh, wow, if I show up late, they won't charge me. But what about the staff who also have lives, who also have children, who also have things to get to? I, I can barely plan things in my evening because I actually don't know if I will ever finish my shift on time due to yep. ratios and numbers and this and that. And it's very frustrating not 
being able to plan anything unless it's on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes not even then. Not even then. If you're busy with other things and trying to have a social life on top of it and school as well on top of it now. Yes. So here comes that rant that I was talking about earlier about the government investing in youth, but then that all disappears when they get a few years older. Mm -hmm. And that is, I love the action made from Trudeau recently about how they're doing the $10 plan for parents, making it more accessible, letting women go out on the field so they don't have to take it. I can't help but see this as from a pessimistic view because all I see is money, money, money. And mm-hmm. all I see is that if they get more women out on the field, that brings in more labor, that brings in more uh, the functioning of like the country, different aspects. Mm-hmm. And about the youth, they're putting in all this time and energy for nurturing these children to be the best human beings they can. But then why do I, don't I see that consistency for a learning disability child in the school age years? Why Absolutely. do I see exam stress for high schoolers? Why do I see the tension for us college students? And why am I pursuing a career and not feeling human while I'm trying to make the best human in the daycare? Absolutely. No, that's such, it's such a good point. It's such a valid point that you bring up. It's, well, education in itself is such an ever-changing thing and there will never ever be enough support and with the way the world is going think of the amount of children now on the spectrum that we've never had before the the diagnosed learning disability we've never been able to diagnose before and assess before and all this slowly but too slowly we are getting help we're getting this and and another thing like us educational assistance eas are such a crucial and vital part of the system to help support those children and they are not getting what they deserve either. And without them, all of those kids would fall between the cracks and we would just have your typical, neurotypical, smart children getting through mm-hmm. and everybody else falling through the cracks, which is not how society should be, especially in a country like Canada, where we fight and strive for diversity. Our whole motto is that, right? We, we fight to be different, we fight to be equal, we fight to be this. But when you look at the education system where everything starts, where every person must start, there's so much imbalance it's the place where either the good or bad whatever you plant in education trickles into everything else the way they are even if they're not pursuing a career their soft skills are you a good person at heart um, and then onto the, like the other careers and all of that like i just don't see why it even has to be said it just like understand it it should be understood absolutely Oh, Lord, we're down to our last question. <laughs> and that is, a, I hope it's an easy one. Um, where are you headed? What have you got planned out for yourself? Well, definitely not staying with this company. I say this all the time. Um, I love what I do, and I love where I'm at, and I love the women I work with. I love the children I work with. But those do change every year, which is an awesome part of this job, is the seeing the ever-changing youth and development in kids. But because of the passion I have and how much I care about this industry, I would really like to make broader change, work for the ministry one day or do something like that and actually try and make effective change and not just be in a classroom. Yes, I wanna do it for so many years to get that experience. So when I get to the ministry, I have value in what I say and my opinions have value because my big thing is I crap on people all the time for not being in this industry and then making being at the top and making change. Yeah. You need to have gone through the trenches 
to get to the top. Agreed. So you can make that change. 100%. And one day I would like to be one of those people coming in, doing those checks, making their things are running the way they should, or helping even plan curriculum broadly and making sure that we aren't following this cookie cutter theme base and that everything is child directed and child driven and play based because we see the benefits that that brings to children. And if we like countries all over the world are now adopting the play based learning strategy, China's adopting play based mm -hmm. learning, which is which most of us probably would never would have thought happened. There's so many countries adopting that and you see the way that they do it. Oh my gosh, these children are excelling like they never have before because they have a voice, they have opinions, they have creativity. Their minds are going so much faster because they are allowed to be little people and they're allowed to express themselves. Exactly. We need to give them the space and the opportunity to do that. So I'd love to get somewhere where I can actually make effective change so that can happen. No, I love that. And I hope nothing but the best for you in that pursuit. Um, that concludes our podcast for today, unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I, I think we had a really great conversation about all this. Agreed, agreed. We touched just about everything. Um, the uncomfortable conversations too. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me in the heck job that you are pursuing, I know. It, to make change in this field, it's going to get uncomfortable. Yeah. It is. To make change in anything, it's going to get uncomfortable. And if there's people like us that want to see change and don't mind getting a little dirty and making it uncomfortable for other people, then we're in the right place. Thank you. Thank you for those words and your thoughts um, to this whole conversation. And to my listeners, I hope this was insightful and I will see you in the next one.